I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need, and that's an abridged play of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, put on by people who have never acted before and have had no time to rehearse. There's 352 days until Christmas, and you're listening to The Christmas of a Lifetime. Let's bring the Christmas spirit in the air, the air, and let's turn the lights down low, and make some hot cocoa, and watch the falling snow, and look at the beautiful Christmas lights, look at our favorite Christmas movies, buy the presents under the Christmas tree, so join us to have Christmas of a Hello, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, The Christmas of a Lifetime. I'm your host, Jacob Osterman, and with me, as always, is my brother, Jesse Austin Brenneman. Jesse! Merry Christmas, Jake! Merry Christmas to you! We recently celebrated the holiday, but, uh, you know, I'm excited to continue celebrating it all year. So here we are. Let's keep it going. You know what what I love about this, Jesse, is that a lot of people, when we tell them about this podcast, they think it's like a seasonal thing. But mm-hmm. for me, as much as I love Christmas, the early January episodes, I think, are what really represent it. Because that's how we show we're keeping the spirit all year round. We're keeping this Christmas spirit into January, into July, all the way running through to next December, Jesse. Jacob, this podcast and us in general are like a great pair of Michelin tires, all right? All season. All season. All right. It's all not season. seasonal. It's not just winter. Okay. It's not just during the Yuletide season. Okay. All seasons. Easter. Okay. The Lenten season. Everything. We're just keeping that Christmas spirit the entire time. Just that joy. We're celebrating the entire year. The 4th of July might as well be the 25th of December. Okay. That's all I'm That's saying. That's right. That's right. I actually, you know, you've given me a great idea for some merch. I think we should have a calendar where every day is the 25th of Christmas, December. This is going to be amazing. It's just one. It's a single month calendar. December. <laughs> December. 25. Every month each. is December. It's great. Well, actually, it should be two days because it should be Christmas Eve and Christmas. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas day. Maybe, we have a, maybe we have a three day with Boxing Day for our British mm. listeners. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, that's that's true. Okay. I'm I'm sure that you all know, of course, why we're here at this point. My brother and I are, every week we come back and we discuss a new Lifetime original Christmas movie. We're working our way through number one to number 88. And Jesse, which one are we talking about today? Jacob, we're here to discuss what I thought was an excellent movie, but I think that we might actually disagree on this one. (laughs) So I know we were having some back and forth pre-pod about it but we're gonna get into it right now it's the movie a christmas wish from 2019 from the lifetime channel so you got to be careful here you might be out there watching a christmas wish from 2011 not the same not the same also a christmas Wish in the hudson which is a 2021 movie also different so we're looking for a christmas wish of course it's written and directed by emily moss wilson which Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. me i'm gonna throw this out here at the top the Southern MJH. Okay, so I'm just an EMW, if you will. An EMW. A lot of three name creators in this holiday Christmas TV movie space. I think it's. Is it a trend? Is this something that's necessary? It's because they're a triple threat. All right. 
You've got your writing, directing, and your producing, okay? They're triple threats. you got to have three names. Jacob, I think that we all know my name is Jesse Austin Brenneman. (laughs) I think I could have a career in this. This is what I'm learning. I've been saying we need to approach the Lifetime channel for a long time. We've been tweeting them. You have. Consistently. No retweets. We've been mentioning them. We're we're in their mentions. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we're not not, I DM'd them several times. I've gotten nothing. (laughs) Nothing. We'll have to get in touch with their social team. That's fine. That's anyways. All right. So, A Christmas (laughs) Wish. This is a movie which is about wishing during the Christmas season and also wishing for love. And I think it... I'm not sure how many times I cried, but I definitely was emotional throughout the movie. Before we get into it, let's start with our segment, as we always do, The Stocking Stuffer. Do you have anything for us today, Jesse? Anything to sort of slip into our stocking there? I do. I have a little present. It's not a lump of coal, but it is a piece of trivia information. As long-time listeners would know, The Stocking Stuffer is where we have a small piece of trivia about the movie or something having to do with the movie uh, that we give out before we get into our in-depth conversation about all of the movie details. Mm -hmm. So what I have for you today, Jacob, is I was watching this movie quite closely, and in particular, the production and set design aspects. So I just thought it looked really great, really realized, a fully realized world, Mm -hmm. very realistic, a a sense of place that we perhaps have been missing in some of the other things that we have watched that are more generic. Yeah. And part of sure. what made it what what jumped out at me, Jacob, was at one point she sits down to at her computer and they show her an over the shoulder shot to show her searching something on her computer. And the search engine that she opens up has a Google like font, a Google like color scheme but it's called Query You. So Q-U-E-R-I-O-O. They couldn't get the licensing for Google. Google looked at them and said, yeah, don't use us. Except this is a common problem. And this is a stocking stuffer I have for you. Query You is an actual website that you can go to that is a fake search engine for indie <laughs> filmmakers since they can almost never get the licensing for Google. Just don't go through it. Someone has made a fully, well, semi-functional search engine called queryu.com you can go ahead take a look you know get some search results search results are meaningless but it is really great to be able to do that so for all of you listeners out there that want to do a fake search and perhaps film it you know for the gram or something else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you don't want to pay those those royalty fees to google or get in trouble with 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 big tech please use queryu so shout out to queryu Emily Moss Wilson getting a fully realized sense of place by just getting those little details in there, getting them right, getting the look of everything correct. And I'm sure we'll get into that more later, but that was my stocking stuffer for the week. Well, I've got a little bit of a stocking stuffer for you too as well, Jesse. What? There's uh, something in my stocking as <laughs> well? Something in your stocking. I want you to take down your stocking. I want you to open it okay. up. I want you to reach down to the bottom. Take okay. out the chocolate what orange. Am I- take out the matchbox car find in the bottom can, can uh, we digress for one second just about stockings okay yeah. as everyone knows in your stocking if you are on the naughty list what do you get jacob you get coal you get a lump you of get coal. coal so my seven-year-old asked me a very astonishing question earlier this week okay which was vis-a-vis the stockings mm-hmm. why did people 
on the naughty list get coal when coal was useful for grilling and therefore a positive present? <laughs> that is and, that is an excellent question, Jesse. And my response was that Santa Claus just loves everybody, and he gives even the bad people coal, which, as we said, is useful if you needed to go out and grill. I think that the problem is that he gave them coal, but no lumps of you know cherry wood or some kind of uh, yeah, sweet-smelling wood to burn with the coal in order to give you that nice smoky, uh, flavor. smoky flavor. Yeah. Anyway, my, my stocking stuff for Jesse is okay. that this movie, as we'll discuss, is about the burgeoning relationship between two characters, between Hillary mm-hmm. Burton as Faith and Tyler Hilton as Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Now, what I found is that they have an amazing chemistry, very believable as close friends who become something more over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. But what I found during a little bit of research is that as much of a spark as there may have been between Faith and Wyatt, there's actually a little bit more of a spark between Faith's sister, Maddie, because Maddie's actress, Megan Park, is married to Tyler Hilton. And so throughout the movie, (laughs) Maddie, or Megan Park, is encouraging her sister, Faith, to go after this amazing guy who she's been friends with for a long time. And the whole time is thinking, that's my husband, you know. But they're professional actors. They deal with this all the time, I'm sure. This is... W.E. levels (laughs) worth of stuff here. What's real? What's not real? What are we capturing? What's character? What's their own personality? Unknown. This, what this says to me, Jesse, is that these actors and actresses are just supremely talented because I had no idea. You know, if I were in that situation, I don't know if I could hold back, you know, go ask him out, but, you know, maybe just for coffee or something, okay? All right. But, no, the... Full, fully professional on all parts. And it was, was so believable. So believable. What a great exactly. work. That is an amazing stocking <laughs> stuffer. Well, thank you for that, Jake. That was a great, great opening present. All right. With that, let's move on to our next segment, which is the reason for the season. So the reason we're here today, as we are here every week, is to really dive deep into these Lifetime original Christmas movies. And A Christmas Wish today, there's a lot to discuss. So we're going to very briefly run through the premise and plot of the movie to help you guys, who I'm sure are very busy and may not have the time to devote you should to watching watch all these movies. Movie. You, you should. should. You, you should, should watch this one. This one's good. I like this one. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through it. We're going to run through it for you here. The movie stars Hilary Burton as Faith. Faith is an art teacher at a local elementary school in Ponchatoula. Uh, Ponchatoula, she, Louisiana, Ponch- which is about, Louisiana. again, just for the geography listeners who listen to us for our map references, right, is right. about 45 minutes to an hour north between New Orleans and, and Baton Rouge. So there you go. So it's got a lot of that swamp flavor that we're actually going to see many times on this Christmas list. A lot of movies set in Louisiana. Not quite sure why, but there we are. Christmas in the Bayou is just, you know, it's all about that place. You want specific stories told for a specific location. And in fact, while we're just on this, I know we don't like to digress too much during the reason for the season. (laughs) We've never digressed once. That's true. This This is the first time. (laughs) This is the first time we're digressing. In, in the reason for the season, and it's only in the first sentence, so we'll get back on track in a moment. Okay. But I don't know if you noticed, they went to a cafe called the 
Rue and Brew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, meet for me for brunch at Rue and Brew. And the set was amazing. I was like, this looks like yeah, a great a, brunch place. That's a great place. That's because it is a real brunch place, which is an award-winning brunch place in Ponchatoula, Louisiana, that you can go. <laughs> okay. But just to shout it out, 135 on South Railroad, Southwest Railroad Street. So, you know, get out there to Rue and Brew. I can't wait to go. Next time I'm going to Ponchatoula, I'm definitely checking out that cafe. We've talked about making this a live on-location podcast on, on multiple occasions. And I think that after uh, Western Mass, our next trip has to be to Ponchatoula. We're going to hit a lot, a lot of bed and breakfasts in our travels. This could be also a bed and breakfast podcast. <laughs> All right. So we're in Ponchatoula, yeah. Louisiana. We've set where we are. Yeah. Faith is a middle school Middle school. Middle school. It's a middle school. It's middle school. She's a middle school. Middle school art, art teacher. teacher. And the, the the children did look like they were in elementary school, not middle school. But. It may be a combined first to eighth grade program there. Mm. Anyway, the the point of this is that she's she loves the children and she loves Christmas, but she's been too involved in helping the children to ever really devote time to love. She's been expecting it to kind of just magically come together for her she hasn't really committed herself to to finding to finding a partner and so she's been kind of lonely and you know the christmas christmas times come around it's time to be with the people you love and she's starting to feel that kind of absence and so her sister convinces her to put a magic christmas wish in the magic christmas wish box which is a ponchatoula tradition every year Everyone puts in their Christmas wish into this box, and a committee selects wishes from the box to make come true. Now, Faith doesn't expect the... Well, Jake, hold on one second, <laughs> oh, because okay. because the wish box is a really important plot device yes. in this that we'll get into in f- more detail later. But the important thing here is not only is there a committee that makes <laughs> the wishes come true, but it came about because people felt that these wishes were coming true magically. Mm-hmm. So there's like a found footage montage intro about growing up in Ponchatoula mm-hmm. that really sets, again, sets the scene for what the story that's about to play out. But the important thing is they're saying, look, in Ponchatoula, person needed money at Christmas time. They found a winning lottery ticket, mm-hmm. right? So all of these magical things have happened in the past that are uh, perhaps apocryphal, Right. But every year now there's an actual committee, a town committee, who's maybe it's the Bureau of Commerce, maybe it's whatever. But this committee is making these wishes happen. But we also have a story, a legend, if you will, of the wish box Mm -hmm. in which magical wishes come true in Ponchatoula at Christmas time. I will say, Jesse, that I looked up extensively the Ponchatoula Christmas traditions and did not find it. I think this was invented for the movie. I, th- I am in agreement with you. I went through their tourism website. I went through their Better Business Bureau. I went through the Chamber of Commerce. All right. And I didn't see anything about a wish box, although I was they really hoping. They would have mentioned it. I feel they like they would have mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. So she puts into this, uh, her sister actually puts into this wish box for her, I wish Faith Mason to have true love's kiss. Mm-hmm. And this sets off a chain of events. There is a brief cameo by Pam Greer with the implication that maybe Pam Greer is involved in the magic of this moment. But for some reason, whether it's magical or whether it's just 
Faith being exceptionally confident and uh, charming young woman. All of the men in the town start meet-cuting with her. That's right. So There's Jesse, a lot, a lot of meet-cutes in this movie. I believe you had a you had a list of just a couple of these meet cutes. I think uh, I have all of them. Let's take a look here. <laughs> let's take so let's take a so run through. It's a real a real sort of monkey paw situation where she makes this wish, and she's wishing for a true love's kiss, and she's been in the beginning. We open where there's this cute guy that she keeps seeing in the cafe that she goes to for coffee every morning, right? And she wants to ask out this guy, but she never asks out this guy. Then they make the wish. And she trips and stumbles, and the guy catches her. He dips and her. He dips, yes, he, he dips, dips her. her. And this is Andrew, I believe, and mm-hmm. he's uh, Spanish-speaking, perhaps European. Lawyer, turns out. And then he asks her on a day, he's like, oh, you've been on my mind a lot. And she's like, wow, that's amazing. And so this is the first meet-cute. And they actually, the movie fooled me. I thought that this was <laughs> going to be the meet-cute there, but we were actually going to get with her friend... Wyatt, who who we've mentioned earlier in the stocking stuffer, who's sort of her been friend zone, setting up this sort of triangle between Andrew, who's this very sort of wealthy looking in a suit guy, and Wyatt, but the wish is sort of pushing her towards Andrew. But then she gets a series of other men <laughs> who also meet cute with her in exactly the same way for each guy. They each have a unique way. But they just do that same way multiple times. Her neighbor next door is named Jonathan, who moves next door and he's moving boxes. And he's like, hey, she walks out. She's in a robe to get her newspaper. And she's like, oh, my neighbor. I didn't realize my neighbor was moving in. It's Jonathan. She keeps bumping into him randomly at different very awkward situations where she's... It's important to note here that that Jonathan is a single father and who has a young kid who is very excited about Christmas, which is... As you may remember, the plot of Radio Christmas, which we watched, which we watched a few weeks ago. Yeah, a few weeks ago. So, so here's the thing: these are all the tropes. These men are representing the different meet cutes from other Christmas movies. Exactly. You could call these the ghosts of Christmas movie past. <laughs> I think so. They keep coming out. So then there's another guy who spills his drink on her. His hot cocoa gets spilled on her, and then starts like trying to clean it up, and it's like, "Hey, can I ask you out for coffee?" And she actually had a what I considered a very realistic reaction to this incident, which is she was like, you've burned me. This is really burnt. My skin is burned. You spilt hot chocolate on me and I'm burned now. Leave me alone. And this happens several times. It several times. Like three so or four times the more, over, three the or the over the course of the movie. She's running around and she bumps into this guy and the guy spills beverages on her onto her clothes. And he tries to be like, hey, can I ask you out? And this is, of course, the power of this wish. We also have, there's a delivery guy who's just delivering a package. He's like, I don't usually do this, but would you like to go out for coffee sometime? The guy who spills his drink also immediately starts talking about his ex, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that's um, another, it's another Christmas trope is the, yeah. the reason that this guy is single and at an age when the movie assumes that people would be partnered up. Is that he has an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend That's somewhere. That's correct. But correct. They, they're never seen or, or, or heard from. So there's like five or six guys here. I think five guys who are continuing meeting cute with her. But when you, you and I watched the movie the first time, yeah. we were like, oh, is this the is this going to be the love interest? Yeah. We just thought there were just new love interests, but it was really just faking us out. And, and this is just the power of this Christmas wish that all of the guys are then meet-cuting with her. 
And this is a great setup because her best friend, Wyatt, is a fellow teacher. He's a nurse. He's the school nurse. He's the school nurse. He has real feelings for her. And he's it's sort of been set up in the background of this that he's been wanting to ask her out for a long time, but he was in a relationship when they first met. But now he feels like he's her good friend. It would might ruin their friendship. So he's exactly living out one of the other tropes of these romantic TV movies, romantic mm-hmm. comedy TV movies. But when he makes his big profession of love to her in the second act... She rejects him because she believes it is a wish-prompted proclamation rather than an actual one. And she's scared of her real feelings for him. Like, okay, I like this guy, but he's just being powered by the wish. I have to say no. Right? And it's after a series of these fake wish-prompted proposals were made to her. I have to say that I really appreciate that she is practicing informed consent with this she is considering his true feelings and whether he is being coerced into into making this proclamation of love by the wish box by the wish box and saying i need to know for sure by the way this is a horrible wish box in terms of what is making these other men do it's just not great there's a lot of questions about free will that this movie raises and Mm. then just promptly Mm -hmm. ignores all right, so eventually she realizes that he's sticking around, that he's still, you know, he comes back later and it's like, hey, we can still be friends. I had to tell you that I had feelings for you, but now that I've shared that, if you don't like me, that's fine. We can still be friends. I don't want to mess it up. And then she realizes that he's been there the whole time. He's the one that she really clicks with and that she is also in love with him. Assist from uh, Wyatt's brother as well, who... yeah. She says, oh, you know, I had to reject him because of this whole thing. I didn't think his feelings were real. And Wyatt's brother says, what What are you talking about? He's liked you for years. That's right. What are you talking about? Oh, well, months. And- months. They've only known each other for like a year and a half or something. But they, she's been talking about her for months. And in yeah. fact, what's great is there's this duality of this mirroring of the brother's reaction and Maddie, Faith's sister's reaction, where when they meet, Wyatt or they meet Faith, you know, when they meet the other person, they're like, oh, is this the one you've been talking about the whole mm-hmm. time? So anyways, at the end of the movie, they share true love's kiss, and that's sort of the resolution of the romantic story. Now, throughout this whole romantic story, there are a bunch of side plots that are happening, which to me really flesh out and make the movie. Yeah, it's important to note that any Lifetime Christmas movie, there's never just one thing happening at once. There are always multiple You have to have the B following. plot, the C plot, the exactly. D plot. So in this one, we have a couple of, of things happening. We have the art program. Faith is an art teacher. Her art program loses its funding, and she has to organize an impromptu Christmas art show in order to convince the school board to continue funding the art program. It's a real, it's a real break into Electric Boogaloo situation. <laughs> I mean, we have to rapidly, we're, we need funding, we need to rapidly put together a dance show in order to save the community center. I mean, that's, that's the plot here. It's, it's a very, I think, common thread in these types of movies to save an institution like an art program, like a community center. Jake, you we know also... how much I love <laughs> dance movies, and I feel like if she had been a dance teacher instead of an art teacher... It might have taken this movie up to the next level. Would you me. say? You sh- would you say it would have stepped it up? I would have said it was stepped it up too. 
the streets. The Max. <laughs> we also have uh, Faith's sister, Maddie. She realizes that her boyfriend intends to propose to her. She finds the ring. She's bringing home her serious boyfriend for the first time mm-hmm. to meet her family, mm-hmm. Maddie, Faith's sister. And so the boyfriend, Ryan, and Maddie come, and she's unpacking, and she's like, hey, I'm looking for this Christmas card for my dad. He's like, it's in my carry-on. Why was the Christmas card in his carry-on? I don't know, but it's in his carry-on. And then the box with the ring falls out, so she realizes he's going to propose. Yeah. There are multiple false proposals where Ryan gets down on one knee, but he's just tying his shoe, or he takes her into a very romantic closet lit with fairy lights, and she thinks he's going to propose, but then he says, oh, I was just thinking we could use this for a costume. And there are multiple false proposals until finally uh, he decides that he's not going to do a fully like big, big production for the proposal. He's just going to get down on one knee with her family there and propose. She, of course, says yes. Here's the thing. She, of course, says yes. The whole time, there's this tension of, like, is this when the proposal's going to happen? Maddie, of course, is freaking out. They have conversations, you know, sisterly Mm -hmm. conversations about it. I actually, you know, in thinking about this, Ryan had to do a lot more planning. Like, he had to plan the fake proposals, too. Yes. He could have just used one of those. He planned, like, six proposals and faked them out on five of them. And then yeah. just did the sixth one. But I don't know. I mean, he really made a, an emotional point about how, you know, proposing with just the people you care about the most here. Yeah. That's really special. So I thought that was touching. It also maybe, happens on Christmas, which fits in with the movie. That's right. The, the I, real proposal. That's right. I, I was a little sad that he didn't work in the title A Christmas Wish into his proposal. My so Christmas like my, wish is, is to stay with you forever. Is for you to marry me. Yeah, I yeah. think that could have... They could have worked that in somehow. That was a Christmas miss, if you ask me. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. The final thread, Jesse, is that the mother is on the committee that grants Christmas wishes for the community. Faith and Maddie's She's a community leader. Yeah. And so she gets a wish from a young boy who his grandfather is ill. And all his life, all his grandfather and he have talked about is a Christmas carol. And he wants to see a Christmas carol live with his grandfather and enjoy the show with his grandfather. And so Faith and Maddie's mother puts on this very quick production of A Christmas Carol for the young boy and his family. And Jake, this is the great thing about this subplot. So in this subplot, Joyce, Faith and Maddie's mother, Joyce Mason is supposed to fulfill this wish. And she's known... She's known throughout the community, and especially in her family, for putting on the most extravagant and the most elaborate Christmas mm-hmm. wishes. So she really comes through. It's like, no Christmas wish is too difficult for Joyce Mason. I mean, that's the feeling that you're getting here. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem is, is that she gets this Christmas wish. My grandfather always wanted to take me to see A Christmas Carol. And she's like, okay, well, Christmas Carol is being put on by the local repertory theater in the next town over. Like, let's just go do that. I think it was like in Shreveport mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah. And and so she just gets the tickets. She's disappointed about this also. Right. She's disappointed so that she doesn't easy. get to go. It's so easy. She's just like, this is, you know, look, when you can really. <laughs> this is beneath me. <laughs> when you can really put together an amazing Christmas <laughs> wish, do you want to put together a normal Christmas wish? No. <laughs> No, you would never want to. You. I this, mean, is, this is this is an Avengers level Christmas wish. All right? That's right. You're not going to call in Daredevil for this Christmas. No, wish. this is this is <laughs> this is the upper level, right? You need upper echelon. You're going to bring in your heavy hitters for the big wishes, 
not for the I can order this online and yes, I paid the convenience fee wish. All right? This is not look, this is just you're overcoming Ticketmaster. This is not a problem. All right? And it puts to mind like why is this even the Christmas wish that's being fulfilled? Can't the child and his grandfather just go to Shreveport? I mean, it feels like something that they could do easily. In any case, it turns out that the grandfather is too sick to travel to Shreveport. So she has three days to put on a play in order to fulfill both a child's wish, but also a dying man's wish. And, and that's, that's a great, a great, you know, sentiment, I think, mm-hmm. that we can get from that subplot. Yeah, it, it really was a wonderful reason for the season, Jesse. Reason it was. for us to watch this movie. There was Just a lot of everything reasons, came together. A lot of reasons tied together in this tapestry of Christmas, which now that I think of it, should be one of the movies. I, <laughs> the tapestry hoping, of Christmas. The tapestry of Christmas. Well, but we'll we can pitch that, that one. We can pitch that one. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this was, I, you know, a lot of threads. I liked all of the subplots. I thought there was a lot of compelling characters, a lot of great character work, and this really fleshed out characters and th- that we can discuss. But with that said, we did have some questions about this movie. That brings us to our, probably our, our most important segment of the show, which is Christmas Confusions. Say what? Jesse, what confused you the most about this movie? Well, Jacob, the, the first thing is, I'm not sure if it's confusing, but... It seemed very rushed, so everything was at the last minute. So this whole movie occurs over a sort of December 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even the, just the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's two to three days. And so they have to put together the Christmas Carol play. They have to get together the art show. So everything's just happening, and it's all coming together. But why couldn't this movie have been stretched out over maybe a couple weeks? Yeah. Right. At at least at least a full week. What we have for the art show, for example, is we have over the course of a single day, not even multiple days. This is one day that this is happening. You have the realization that there needs to be an art show. You then have the children, all the children in the town. They're on break. So she, she is going to these children's houses, maybe calling them, connecting with them and asking them to paint bespoke pictures based on other people's Christmas wishes. Right, leftover wishes from the Christmas wish box. The children all agree to do this, because of course they do. And then they make... They love art. ...individual paintings, which involves a serious amount of preparation, because the kids do not have these materials at home. She is getting the materials to these kids somehow, and having them well, paint Well, they, they come into the art studio, to the art classroom. So she's packing up the art classroom in accordance with the art is now canceled <laughs> storyline. And then she says, okay, come into the art classroom. So she's bringing them into the school. Somehow they have to open the school. That's not gotten into. But, you know, maybe she has keys. School's shut down over Christmas. That's all I'm saying. This, there's no heat. There's no, you know, there's no well, nothing. Well, this is it's Louisiana. I, I don't yeah, know about fair, the, fair the, the environmental <laughs> control situation. But what I think we're saying here is that there's just, like, a lot of stuff is happening. And it seems like it should take more time than it supposedly does in the movie. She's meeting her sister for brunch. There's fake proposals. The play, they're getting costumes. Like, the mom just calls up, and she's like, I need period-appropriate costumes for a Christmas carol for, like, 17 actors. She's not telling them the size. There's no fitting, 
right? There's no alterations happening. You can't get alterations done that quickly. Yeah. Very confusing that that's happened. That leads me to my second confusion, which is just the place of a Christmas Carol in this subplot. Why? I had I had a lot of issues with their production of the Christmas Carol. First of all, she made what she called a very abridged version of a Christmas Carol. And a Christmas Carol is like a hundred pages long. It is not a long film. There are like four scenes in that movie that you need to do. So I'm not sure why she's super abridging a, a Christmas Carol. That's a problem that I had with it. Second second issue that I had with it Jacob, comes from well, so just before oh, okay. before I, sorry, you do I'm that. I'm getting heated. I'm getting heated. I, I gotta know. slow down. How many times have you seen Christmas Carol? I and this is this is not a joke. I reread a Christmas Carol every year at Christmas. Yeah, well, I've seen I've seen the film multiple times. Which version? I am Are we a talking big, the, a, the Bill Murray version. Which I'm am t- talking I'm talking Bill Murray Jesse. Okay, of course. Scrooge. I'm all talking right. I'm talking a Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm watching I've all seen of that them one multiple times. We're watching all of them. I'm you a big a fan. And so, You're a big fan. So You're a big Dickens idea, guy. The idea of I had, I had great expectations for this for this Christmas Carol version, mm-hmm. and the idea that you would abridge it on its face to me is absurd. Yeah. Second, the second issue I had with it is that when Joyce puts on this production, it's a surprise for the for the kid. She she arranges during the art show the kid who has the wish, his grandfather, their whole family is there. And she says, all right, kid, you're going to come up here and you're going to be in the Christmas Carol with the rest of our actors. You're going to play Tiny Tim. The kid runs up and says, God bless us, everyone. And I'm just wondering, wasn't the wish to watch A Christmas Carol with his grandfather? Like, Tiny Tim is not on stage most of the time. This is a movie not focused around Tiny Tim. He's going to be backstage sort of with the other actors just kind of sitting around for 95% of the runtime of this thing. And but his grandfather is out. The runtime is approximately three minutes, though. <laughs> That's true. It was very abridged. But I, I just think the kid is not going to be able to enjoy it with his grandfather. Now, if she had done this thing where the grandfather was also in it, that's a solution. Yeah. But. There's a lot of questions about a Christmas Carol. I also, why is the kid and the grandfather? Why is this what the grandfather always says he's going to take the kid to? I, that's the other thing that I didn't get. Like, this is the wish, your dying wish is to see A Christmas Carol. I feel like there are other things. Maybe if your dying wish was, I want to see Die Hard with my grandfather, <laughs> and it's, you know, rated 1980s PG-13, so I'm not going to be able to get it. Now, that's a wish. That's a wish. And you then you go to the local movie theater. That's you a make-a-wish situation. an old reel-to-reel projector you get yeah. the you get the hard copy of die hard yeah you project it as it was meant to be seen in the original yeah. 1980s condition yeah yeah that's a that's a wish jesse that in is fact, a wish for next year jesse just if you well i need to put it in the mix for me jacob well you need to put it in the wish box <laughs> let's go to Ponchatoula. we'll stop by on our way to western massachusetts and put it in the wish box all right so christmas carol definitely in the confusing territory my other yeah. confusion was about Wyatt, so the love interest, Wyatt the friend, Wyatt's mm-hmm. uh, religiosity, yeah, or religious affiliation in this movie. So it comes out in the beginning, so she's like, what are you doing for the holidays? Are you going to see your family? He's like, no, my brother and his family are on a cruise, so I'm just going to go home and like watch some Netflix. Yeah. Or something he's going to watch That's unacceptable. TV. That's unacceptable to her. She, she she's like, yeah, she can't handle that. it. 
And, and apparently he always, she takes him to get Christmas trees or he, he always gets like a small Christmas tree. So it comes out that he's actually, his mother is Jewish and his dad is Christian. So they celebrate both holidays, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why he's not so focused on Christmas or having Christmas as the main thing. And it comes up several times throughout the movie, but he's always very dismissive of the Judaism in, the, in this movie. So he's very excited about getting the Christmas tree. And I don't know if this is, he's like, I want to get in with faith, so I'm going to pretend I really love Christmas, right? And I'm just going to sort of, like, tamp down the Hanukkah. I don't know. His brother shows up with his family. His brother's daughter says, I get to celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas. I get, like, eight times the presents, which is great. So she's really into it. His brother, they're setting up the Christmas decorations. The brother brings out a menorah to put on the mantle. He's like, great, we're going to be... representing both sides of the family and he's like what you brought a menorah and i was like but you are also jewish yeah Yeah, are you not celebrating the menorah you would like the menorah too i didn't understand it it was confusing it also it doesn't come back right like it doesn't it's not referenced towards the end of the movie there isn't kind of a merging of these no celebrations no it's just brought up for him to reject which happens like three or four times so, so that's confusing. And then finally, and we didn't get into this in our summary, but it appears that magic is real in this movie. And that Pam Greer, who <laughs> appears to be playing Mrs. Claus, right? And it's one of those situations where the kid says she's Mrs. Claus and she's like, wink, wink, I'm Mrs. Claus, wink, wink. And you're like, is she pretending for the she, child? She is. No, she is absolutely Mrs. Claus. She has telekinesis powers, Jesse. Yeah, she has lots of things that happen. <laughs> and the first thing that happens is she's actually walking down the street, and Wyatt and Faith are walking the other way, and she breaks a heel walking down the street. So she has to sit down. Pam Greer breaks a heel. And Faith, who has just made and discussed these fancy shoes which she has crafted herself so she like upcycles shoes she takes these Mm -hmm. high-heeled shoes and she upcycles them so she sees pam greer break a heel she says she says are you okay because pam greer almost falls and Mm -hmm. she says oh your shoe broke you can't walk like that here take these shoes i just made and pam greer's like oh wow that's so nice you know and then that that's sort of the movie's leaving you with the impression that this is demonstrating how good a person Faith is and that she's deserving of the mm-hmm. magical wish to come true, which then leads to the rest of the events of the movie. The problem mm-hmm. here, of course, is who gives other people their shoes, all right? <laughs> That's incredible. Who does that? I don't, Do- I don't believe, first of all, that Pam Greer and Faith are the same size, are the same shoe size. She, she They're the, wildly yeah. different size people. <laughs> you can have the same shoes. <laughs> Look. I, they, she, the other thing is, she just holds up her foot next to Pam Greer, and she's like, she doesn't say, Pam Greer, what's your shoe size? Which is, if you were to give your shoe to somebody else, what you would do? You would say, oh, you broke your heel? What size shoe are you? The other person would say, I'm a nine and a half, or I'm an eight. And you would say, oh, I'm also the same shoe size. I have these extra shoes. I'm not going to give them to you because that's what crazy people do. And you wouldn't accept them because you're like, why are you giving me shoes? This is not something, like, you're not going to wear the shoes back. I don't know you. You're a random person on the street. How are we even going to meet again? Are we going to arrange to meet at some place? Give me the shoes back at 5 o'clock at Ruin Brew. I don't know. You know, what is happening here? This is an insane part of the movie. I I thought it was like, wow, you're so nice. And then I was like, also, you're a crazy person. 
because you're Jesse, giving think, shoes to random people. I think the real the real thing, the truth to this is that this was actually a meet cute between Faith and Pam Greer. Well, you that's know, the you, real that's the real a, thing. Of there's it. a lot of things we're going to get into Pam Greer's character in a moment, but giving your shows away it, and also just the question of like Pam Greer, why are you in this movie? Can't you, <laughs> someone needs to get Pam Greer some jobs because this is like, come on, like, you're a legend. Her, What's happening? The residuals have dried up. I guess I I don't know. I don't know. To me, it's like oh, Ben Kingsley is all of a sudden <laughs> playing like head elf in this movie. Yeah. And it's not it's not a substantial role. She's in the movie maybe twenty minutes total. Yeah. Well, maybe she it, got paid is... a lot to just be the, on the set for half a day. I don't know. Yeah. I feel I feel like a lot of the budget it should have gone to Pam Greer's salary because she yeah. elevated the movie substantially. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's our. There may have been more Christmas confusions, but uh, that was the limit for I me always, was giving. The I always get. Away. I always get heated about. Of course, a Christmas Carol. So yeah, if you guys you ever me talk ever meet Jake in real life, do not bring up a Christmas Carol unless you want to have a four-hour conversation. Because what? No, no, I'm saying bring it up. I can be I can be reasonable <laughs> about it. Just don't say, "Oh man, I'm glad that I heard the 15-minute version of the of the book." I think I'm glad they cover, cut out all. I think you can cover the, most of the story in 15 minutes. Don't get me started on this. Just I'm losing it. I'm this close. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, <laughs> on that note, let's move on to our Christmas themes. So every every movie, one of the things that we really enjoy talking about is what do we learn about Christmas and about the spirit of Christmas from these movies? Every movie, in my opinion, has a reason for being made. And the Lifetime movies, their reason is almost always, well, it's two part. The first is to fulfill some pun that they've had about the title. The second is to teach us something about Christmas. And so that's what we like to talk about when we talk about our Christmas themes. So what, what did you learn about Christmas from this, from this movie, Jesse? What did you take away from it? Oh, I took away the giving and generosity. So, like, Faith is just so giving. She's giving to the her art and the love of art and how to express yourself to the students. Mm-hmm. She's giving shoes to random people. She's giving herself mm-hmm. to others and in her family. And I just thought it was really great, the giving and generosity that we saw about Christmas. And to me, that is what Christmas is about. So I thought it was a, yeah. a really good point to be bringing up again in, in, in just another way, a fresh way. And it's, a, it's represented in all of the people in this film. Her mother, as we've mentioned, spends a huge amount of time fulfilling the wish of this boy. She doesn't even know. She's never met him before. But because Christmas is a time for giving, she spends a lot of time and energy. And she working loves on it. That. And and people get the people who are giving and being generous are in the act of giving, receiving themselves. Yes. And that's that's very clear too. So yep. what did you take away from this movie, Jacob? My main takeaway, Jesse, was that magic is real. We talk about Christmas magic and we talk about a Santa Claus and the spirit of Christmas and for me, what I really loved about this movie is the idea that if you wish for something hard enough, it is possible to manifest it into the world. And that there are a lot of things that we want or that you know we, we would love to have, but it's important things like love, like family, 
that if we wish for those, we can we can make those things happen ourselves. And I, I really appreciated that. And also in a very literal sense in this movie, magic is real. Because as I mentioned, Pam Greer does move paper with her mind. That, she also disappears at various points. Yeah, she can teleport. Teleport. Magic is real. And all of these men are falling in love with... She's basically all of the X-Men. Teleportation, mind control, telekinesis. It's It's all there. Yeah. So I also took away, Jacob, that it's important to communicate your feelings. So the art program needed to be saved so that the students could continue to find and express themselves through art Mm -hmm. and learn how to express themselves and their emotions. And that a lot of the resolution was both Faith and Wyatt coming to the realization that they had to communicate their feelings in an honest way. And I thought that that was was really touching, as I said. And And then finally... I think you discussed, brought this up earlier, but this movie, we have the brother has a husband and they have a kid mm-hmm. together and that's just not even really remarked upon. It's just like, this is, you know, my husband, he's just a character that's there. We have lots of racial diversity in this movie. Which makes sense. It's in Louisiana. There's a lot of racial diversity there. The sense of place. Amazing from Emily Moss Wilson. It, it draws a striking contrast, I think, with the movie we watched earlier uh, in this podcast run on the second day of Christmas, which takes place in New York, and there are no people of color in that film. And so it, it really, I think, speaks to how far we've come as a society that we have moved Well, as the from, Lifetime Channel. As the Lifetime Channel, which is, of course, our society. It really represents us, so <laughs> I think it's a good barometer. Yeah. That we've moved from a place where there is very little diversity to movies that now have uh, gay couples that are married, that these movies have a lot of racial diversity. And it's just a fact. It's just how the world is. It's not strange or confusing. It's just how it is. And I really appreciated that in this film. Yeah, it was really great. All right, well, we've learned a lot of lessons about Christmas. And with that, I'm hungry for our holiday ham. I'm starving, Jesse. I'm starving for starving this holiday. Starving for that ham. holiday. You know, you you know this, Jacob, that ham <laughs> is my favorite holiday food. I think both of my children and I could eat a honey baked ham. Just no other sides, no sides. Just get that ham spiral cut. It's spiral be cut. Be room temperature. Room temperature. Got to let it come let it up. Warm to up. Ta- Take let it, it out of the up. fridge. Three hours ahead of time. That's right. A lot of people. Up. You got to read the instructions on this. You want to let it warm up. And then, ah, just so delicious. I do I, feel like we need bone. to, I do feel like we need to say that you should be very careful about food safety because I don't want that on my conscience. That's true. Uh, That's true. So, Read the instructions carefully. Eat, eat the, the whole bag. thing. Don't, you know, don't freeze, thaw, cycle it. Yeah, you know, no, none of that. Be safe. But how yes, could you, eat at room temperature because that's the best flavor. <laughs> how could you have enough left over to freeze? That's shocking to me. <laughs> well, that's enough, add that to the Christmas confusions. The holiday ham is when we identify an actor who we think is really going for it, is really chewing the scenery. You know, we have we have a lot of different kinds of actors in these movies, you know, put themselves out there in terms of emotional resonance and responding to each other and playing off each other. And then we have actors who are really going for it. And so that's who we nominate every every week for the holiday ham. That's, so who, and it's not every week. Not every week do we have true. one. That's true. This movie, we definitely did. Who who do you have for the holiday ham, Jesse? Jacob, as, uh... is there really any other actor other than Colin Fix? <laughs> is it? 
<laughs> there, there, there just isn't. Colin Fix as the brother, Grant. He's playing Wyatt's brother, and every scene he's in, he stole for me. Could not keep my eyes off of him. He had so much energy, uh, and a different kind of energy. What we saw is that Faith and Wyatt are playing this kind of will-they-won't-they they kind of nervous energy. Wyatt's brother comes in, and he is lighting up the entire room. He comes in, he's like, we're going to celebrate. We're here. I didn't want to call you ahead of time. I just wanted to show up and surprise you. We're here. We're going to stay with you for a week, me and my whole family. And he steamrolls into every conversation, excited, energetic. I loved what he was bringing to the, to the movie. Yeah, it was amazing, amazing work from Colin Fix. So, Colin Fix, you are the winner of our holiday ham. Congratulations. We are going to send you a ham in the mail if you just contact us on we will Twitter. Send you one. At, at Colpod. Send us your send us your information. We will get you a holiday ham. This would be the most amazing story of our whole lives if that happened. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna so... tweet I'm gonna tweet him. I'm gonna tweet him. <laughs> So our next our next segment is our New Year's resolutions, where we've we've eaten the ham, we've come to the end of the season. So how would we resolve some of the Christmas confusion, some of the questions that we had earlier? Let's pick one and try and say what would we tweak about the movie in order to we think create an overall better narrative. All right, Jake, what would you do to a Christmas wish? So. The, one of the confusing things that, that I felt about this movie was how exactly this magic is working. And it's a fine line, because if you ex- over-explain how your magic is working, you lose the magic of it, right? It becomes a science rather than a magic, and that can lose some of the, some of the fun, some of the mystique of the film. But in this one, I was just left with a lot of questions. First of all, is Pam Greer, you know, Mrs. Claus? Is Pam Greer Mrs. Claus? That's my first question. I, you know, why is she in Ponchatoula? Why was it planned that she would run into Faith? Was she there for another reason and bumped into her? The movie clearly is positing her as a mystical being in the way that she is able to manipulate time and space around her. And so my first kind of tweak to this movie that I would do is center that wish magic a little more. I would have a little bit better of an understanding as to how this magic is affecting people. It's definitely brings up questions of free will and consent that she goes on a date with a man who is under the effects of a wish spell. That's a, that's a question that I, I need answered. I need to understand why that's happening, how that's working. I need to square that in my head so that I can be okay with that situation. So for me, making the wish magic more central is where I want to go. What are you thinking? I, I think, okay, so first of all, at the end, Pam Greer is talking to Wyatt, and he turns, he sees Faith's coming, and he turns back, and Pam Greer is gone. And I was at that moment, I said to myself, Pam Greer is Batman. <laughs> all right? It's like, she's done it again. <laughs> she always does that. <laughs> she's gone. She's gone. So she disappeared, just like Batman, and I was wondering if I was watching the new Batman movie, <laughs> and did I just mistake it? Did I download the wrong thing? So, you know, I think that the it, making Pam Greer more central to the movie, giving her more lines, and really explaining how this magic is working, I think is a great idea. 
and I, I would be 100% for watching that movie. I think I also, we didn't get to really discuss it, but the energy between the new brother-in-law, Ryan, so Maddie's boyfriend, and her dad, mm-hmm. who's a police officer, I loved that energy, and I would watch a whole movie just about that. I really resonated with me in terms of, of seeing that relationship develop, uh, the nervousness and the connections that they were they were building and forming. There's a lot of directions you can go in this. You know, maybe a buddy mm-hmm. cop movie between Ryan and the dad. I think that could have mm-hmm. been a good one, too. But I definitely agree. Top first priority, how does magic work in this world? Because it's not really explained. It's a lot like on the second day of Christmas where we don't know whether Santa actually answered that. Was he really there at that Christmas-themed Wonderland park? Look, um, all I'm saying is Pam Greer's in a movie. Pam Greer stars in a movie where she goes to Ponchatoula and she is granting wishes left and right. That's a movie I'm going to I'm gonna pop down we're, money we're, for. I'm going to be front row movie. of the theater, all right? That's right. All the way, closest to the screen. But again, it may have been a... Uh, salary issue they couldn't reach the budget to have pam Greer star in the movie understandable that's right (laughs) okay with that tweak we now want to take it to the next level jacob in our segment that we like to call the white elephant exchange the white elephant exchange jesse i think may be my favorite segment that we do on this show yeah each as I mentioned previously, the Lifetime Christmas movies often feel like they were made as a result of a pun in the mm-hmm. title. We've seen uh, A Christmas Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of Christmas. <laughs> We've seen, or the, yeah, The Spirit of Christmas. We've seen Christmas Reservations Great. come up. Was the best example of this, I think. So each week we try to take the title of the movie that we just watched and come up with a different film based off of the title. Now this yeah. week... I'll admit, was a little bit more difficult for me. It was very literal. It was just a Christmas wish, and she made a wish at Christmas. I had some ideas. Maybe you do this based off of wish.com. Mm. Maybe someone orders a secondhand yeah. ornaments, and they come, and they're not right. The movie is about them trying to fix it. But it was it was a little bit too nebulous for me, it not, not tied in enough with the title. Yeah. But did you happen to come up with something this week, Jesse? I did. I did. Now, as you said, the pun, the pun title is hard to do here with a Christmas wish. But I think I may have cracked the case, Jacob. All right. So lay it so on me. Here's my pitch for a movie, Christmas Lifetime movie, titled A Christmas Wish. Okay. okay? In this movie, there is a woman who's a little bit older, hasn't found mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. and hates Christmas because of this. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Always, she, always alone at Christmas. She, she's a banker, big city banker. Oh, yeah, certainly. Okay, big city banker. And she's alone at Christmas in her big city apartment. She falls asleep, and then she wakes up, and she realizes that there's a ghost who takes her to the countryside, to the small town, to her hometown where she was raised up, to learn some lessons about Christmas. Okay, I feel okay. like you're doing... You're, wait, 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 hold you're on. You're Jane airing me again. <laughs> This is not Jane Eyre. It's not Jane Eyre. Okay. Okay. She goes home to Christmas. She learns a lesson. She comes back to the big city apartment and finds love, and that's the end of it. So instead of having three ghosts, there's only one. Okay. So basically, I'm just doing an abridged version of a Christmas Carol. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, it's really short. I kill you. 
not not <laughs> multiple ghosts. I'll all right, I don't know why you need multiple ghosts. It seems like you you should one ghost should be enough. If one ghost showed up and told How me dare you? you've lived a horrible life, repair your air. This is the error of your ways. Why do you? We need, need to ghosts? understand where Scrooge came from, where he is now, and where he's going to end up, Jesse. And he needs to know that, or he's not going to change. He just needs okay? to learn a lesson. It's just the appearance of Marley. That would be enough for me. Ghosts are real. They're telling I, me that they're in chains. I, I don't want to be there. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. This is. You Anyways, have stabbed Christmas me wish. In, in the back, and you have stabbed Charles Dickens in the back. Okay. Christmas um, wish. I think you could just do a more, I would argue, streamlined version of a Christmas Carol, and call it a Christmas wish. And I think it'd be a great movie. I mean, yes, would it be over in ten minutes? Sure. But it would be a great movie nonetheless. And I think it hits a lot of the topics that we normally hit here. Big city, girl, banker, high-profile job, going back, learning learning a lesson, not multiple lessons, a lesson, coming back, being like, okay, that was probably bad. I should have, should have a better work-life balance. End of story. I would never watch that movie. <laughs> All right. Well, let's check. I think that's a movie I would definitely watch. So let's check. So now we need to do Checking It Twice where we re-rank our movies. So where does this movie rank for you? We're on six. We've seen five movies before Mm -hmm. this one, and we've, for the most part, agreed about where... We put the where we put those movies. That's I right. of course have on the second day of Christmas, right yeah. at the top. You can't be Mark Ruffalo. So we really differ here on yeah. Christmas reservations. So you have on the second yeah. day of Christmas, Christmas reservations, Radio Christmas, Twelve Men of Christmas, then the Spirit of Christmas. Yes. I of course would switch one and two there and put Christmas reservations first, then on the second day of Christmas. And we're going to differ on there. We just agreed to disagree. We cut. We already cut 25 minutes out of the last episode, Jesse. That we're not going to revisit. We can't do it again. We can't, we're not revisiting that. Where is this movie sliding in here for you? I really enjoyed, in this film, I enjoyed a couple of things. One was the subversion of the meet-cute trope. The fact that we're seeing in this movie that if someone spills a cup of hot chocolate on you, that's not going to be fun. That's not going to be flirty. That's going to be painful. And you're going to require medical attention and a wardrobe change. All right. That kind of subversion is something that I think we're going to really grow to appreciate over the next several years as we watch 88 of these movies. Is movies that play with the formula. And so I'm definitely going to rank it up a little bit higher. I'm going to put, for me, just below Radio Christmas. I'm going to put it at number four. I'm going to put this above... 12 Men of Christmas, as much as I love K-Chen, I think that this really plays with that formula. It surprised me, which I really appreciate in a movie. And so I'm going to put it above 12 Men of Christmas, above The Spirit of Christmas. Didn't reach, for me, the emotional highs of Radio Christmas, which I really enjoyed how that movie plays with romantic comedy tropes in that it uh, has characters that actually effectively communicate with each other and hash out their problems. And I really value that not just for the subversion of that trope but also for that message that hey you know maybe instead of having a boombox and holding it up over your head you just go and have a normal adult conversation with a person i value that i'm gonna agree with you here it comes in at number four for me as well i just think that it doesn't have the puns 
and it doesn't have perhaps all of the performances. So for me, here, the average performance in this movie, I thought all of the actors were turning in great work. So -hmm. there was really wasn't a lot of, you know, missed performances here. It wasn't uneven, just really well done, well produced. And so, so yeah, I would put it in there, but yes, the emotional highs, the peaks were not quite there. I did, I was having a lot of One Tree Hill flashbacks. A lot of this cast <laughs> is from One Tree Hill. Should mention that. This is a One Tree Hill reunion. If you if you like One Tree Hill, you should watch this movie because all of the actors are in it. I think five or six of the main actors are from One Tree Hill. Does One Tree Hill take place in Ponchatoula? Because I'm not sure. I never really... <laughs> I'm, un- I, I'm unfamiliar with the work, Jesse. So yeah, so I think it comes in at number five. And yeah, with that, what's, what's that? What's that I hear rattling up the stairs, Jesse? I think that's the sound of chains as we get a little visit from the ghost of Christmas future. The unnecessary ghost of Christmas future, I just point out. Uh, okay, Jesse. <laughs> Char- uh, a Christmas Carol has sold millions of copies and been translated into many different languages. All right. Much as I love this podcast, I don't see a Spanish language version of it just yet. So maybe a Christmas Carol is doing something right. Okay. Por qué no? <laughs> <laughs> you raise a good e... point. Well, not, maybe the next one. <laughs> next one we'll do it an all Spanish when do, episode. When we do Feliz Navidad. We'll do, hey, there we go. We'll just do it <laughs> we'll in do Spanish. A Spanish episode. We'll do a Spanish episode. Well, <laughs> in this, with that on that bombshell, <laughs> that promise of a future episode for our Univision listeners, um, we're going to do next week the Sweet Mountain Christmas. The description for this is that Lifetime basically made a Christmas-themed version of a Carrie Underwood biopic. Country star Lainey Blue rocketed to fame on a reality show, which took her away from her beloved Smoky Mountain home. When she stops by to make Christmas cookies with her mom, and by the way, who doesn't do that? I mean, I, well, we don't do that because we don't. Our, do, our mother, mother does not does not like does Christmas. Not like Christmas. Famous Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> She, she she should get a visit from a single ghost. What was supposed to be a world three. Of... You need three of them, Jesse. It's a holy trinity. It's all tied in with Christmas. Come on. What was supposed to be a whirlwind trip becomes a long stay thanks to a freak snowstorm and a hunky snowplow driver slash mayor slash architect slash ex boyfriend. So looking forward to that. That's a lot of that's that's a quadruple threat. What I'm what I'm looking forward to is the continuation of this kind of setting driven movies. I don't see a lot of movies set in Louisiana, set in Colorado, set in the, these kind of more unique movie locations, and I, I really appreciate that. Uh, Syracuse, not on my list. Not on my list of locations, but yes, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what I'm looking forward to, Jake? Well, first of all, I'd like to say Merry Christmas to you one more time before Merry we Christmas end our, to you, our episode today. And I'd like to say that I'm looking forward to next week being able to use the title as an exclamation anytime <laughs> I hurt myself. Sweet mountain Christmas. <laughs> so looking forward to that and we'll 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 watch that together and then be able to talk about it next week. Merry Christmas to you, Jacob. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. Because this will be a very special Christmas for you, me, and KKP. So join us to have, have a Christmas of a lifetime. Christmas of a lifetime, So join us to have, have a Christmas of a lifetime. Christmas of a lifetime, yeah. So join us to have, have a Christmas of a lifetime. Christmas
All right. That was good. Uh, the Christmas Carol's a trigger for me, Jesse. <laughs> Did not realize that going into it. <laughs>